Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And I think she may want to withdraw it. The word was F-A-R-T. What did you what move were you your thinking when you moved your lips? What is the nature of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say fuddle-duddle or something like that? Just quieting down, baby. Per capita export value. Libraries. Prime Minister, are you embarrassed by your behavior today? There's a lot of bleeding hearts around. Do you have the fortitude or the gonads to stand up and come across here and say that to me, you son of a bitch? Just watch me. He certainly went too far, Mr. Speaker, when he st- I saw him stick his tongue out. Contemptuous disregard. More than a slab of bacon talking there. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. Three, two, one. Happy 250 episode. We finally reached that miles milestone. It's 250. It's more than 249. Ta da! It's our 250th episode. Yay! We've joined the 250 club and to celebrate. A little bit of. I mean, that's not really celebrated, but to celebrate, we have got a 
A cake. <sighs> We've got a cake, Jesse. We do have a cake. We have a cake that says 250. I told Reese that so I'm not eating look. sugar, and he's like, fuck you, you're eating sugar. So I guess I'm eating sugar. Well, I was going to say blow the candles out. I wasn't going to make you eat it. You were totally going to make me eat it. It's my cake. You're going <laughs> to eat the so, whole damn thing? I'm gonna, hang on a second. I'm going to light it. Here we go. Nope, a little lighter light. ASMR. going to light the cake. 250. No, no, you're going to, Jesse, you're going to singe the microphone. What oh. the hell are you doing? <laughs> I wanted to hear the candle catching fire, but it's probably not. Yeah, not with a foam microphone that is above the flame. <laughs> All right, there we go. I'm lighting the count. This is rubbish. We really should have gotten Sarah to, to take Ready. a photograph of us with the camera. With I'm the, going to do a video of Jesse, Jesse blowing out. Ready? Mm -hmm. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday it's to us. It's not our birthday. This is too You're not on the microphone. This is not our birthday. This is our 250th episode. Our birthday is coming next month. Okay, so. Which is weird. Happy <laughs> so we're going to be doing this again okay, in I'll do a it month. Again. Happy 250 <laughs> episodes. Happy 250 episodes. Happy 250 episodes. Happy 250 episodes. There you go. Blow it. <laughs> Yay, saliva on the food we'll all share. There we go. Escape <laughs> We should probably do the proper way and eat pizza first and have that as, as dessert. We're I like a, that. We're not animals. That's right. I brought pizza because I didn't think I'd be eating cake, but then I caved and I'm totally going to be eating there cake. There we go. Eat it's cake. so cold outside, this pizza might be cold. What is it? Meat? It's just pepperoni. Meat? Triple, triple pepperoni. Triple pepperoni meat town. That's... <laughs> Lovely. So maybe, maybe your sex um, tape. So if you've never listened to this podcast, I'm really sorry because so far you've listened to two men light a cake. <laughs> and, <nobody laughs> and now you're going to show us two new episodes. And we're going to, interspersed with this episode, you'll see cheers, cheers pizza cheers. Mm. Mm. The sound of Jesse and Reese eating pizza simultaneously. It's very, you're welcome. Very greasy. <laughs> My hands are covered in a fine pepperoni sheen. This is Domino's for you, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Domino's who don't pay us for sponsorship. But they, if you like <laughs> greasy pepperoni, then uh, Domino's is uh, is where you should go. I'm gonna sit away from the mic so you don't hear me chewing. Today's episode, yeah, what is it? It's not about politics. Oh, it's a story that I've been wanting to tell for a long time, but we couldn't. Is I've, it at least Canadian? It is a Canadian story. Okay, so at least we've got that going. But on. I recently heard it's such a good story. It's currently being turned into a TV show by Netflix. And I was like, well, we better, we better do this first, because once we've done it, once everyone's going to know about it, so we need to get it out there. I think it's quite a well-known story. But... It's not the longest third date, is it? No. I just saw a Netflix documentary trailer for this. It was cool. It's a very cool concept. So just it's, uh, this guy and girl go on a date from Tinder. They match, or Hinge. It was Hinge. They match on Hinge. They go on a date. Date goes really well. They go on a second date. Second date goes really well making out they're feeling more comfortable with each other then the third date they decide you know what let's go a little crazy let's do something that we like neither one of us would thought to think to do on a third date let's go on a vacation and i forget where they go like some tropical they go to some tropical place right like hawaii or haiti or maybe not haiti i don't know someplace like that and then they're on vacation and they're having a great time and that's when the pandemic hits and this is their third date <laughs> it's a based they, on a true story it's a true story it's all filmed with oh, their wow. own phones Right, all the footage is from their own phones. Is there like, and they can't go home because all flights are canceled, right? And so they have to live at the hotel together, <laughs> getting to know one another from their third date on, right? And they're like, it's it's kind of a neat concept because, like, if you think about it, that ha that was, was bound that a concept. Happen. It happened. It happened. It actually happened. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's kind of neat. I want to see that. Okay. Well, all right. What do you Th got for this episode called Brown Gold? It sounds filthy. <laughs> <laughs> So have you ever heard of the great Canadian maple syrup heist? I have. We covered it. 
that we haven't. Yeah, we have. No, we didn't. Are you sure? Yep. No, I think we did. We didn't do the Great Maple Syrup Heist. I know about it. Well, it, not all of your knowledge comes from the show, Jesse. I mean... <laughs> okay. You are aware of Show Us Your Regina now because of me. I'll take credit for that. Where did I hear about this? That's strange. But tell me about it anyway. It's fucking amazing. It's an amazing story. I Actually, it was a long time ago that I heard it, so I don't remember all the details. <laughs> As he chews into the microphone. <laughs> so, yep. this was the most expensive, uh, the most valuable robbery mm-hmm. that was ever pulled off in Canadian history. Fuck off. More than gold or diamonds or... No way. Was just maple syrup, which is hilarious. Well, maple syrup is like... <clears throat> I guess it's fucking expensive. Yeah. And <laughs> I know that we have in Canada, we have a reserve in case maple syrup. Oh, this is this is the strategic reserve. Yeah, yeah, that's where it was robbed. It was the reserve itself. No, it's was, the strategic reserve. There, it's called the strategic reserve. There's more than one reserve of maple syrup in Canada. The, the international strategic reserve of maple syrup. Wow, which is hilarious. Because, but like the fact, the fact that we have, we're so afraid of running out of maple syrup to be able to sell to the rest of the world. We have a stockpile, like a massive fucking stockpile. But it's the same thing as oil companies where they stockpile barrels. It changes the the value, the price. Hmm. So, like, you produce more oil, you store more oil, and it it kind of. So, Quebec is to maple syrup what Saudi Arabia is to oil. Absolutely. Actually, I got an interesting statistic. Um, Please, slightly more religiously fundamental. Uh, here's an interesting statistic. Please forgive me, dear listener, if I get this a little bit wrong, but it I'm, I'm fairly certain it's not wrong. And if it is wrong, it's only like by a, a tiny, tiny, tiny margin. Uh, Quebec produces 80% of the world's maple syrup. 77. 77. Okay, so I knew I was close. I knew I was close. And, you were close. And Nova Scotia produces 10%. Oh, there we go. Right? How cool is that? But did you know <laughs> maple syrup, the production of maple syrup in Quebec is strictly controlled by the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers, or in French, Federation des Producteurs Aria <laughs> du Quebec, <laughs> as they like to call themselves. Do it again. Do it again. Come on. Federation des Producteurs Aria Collez du Quebec. There we go. I've been working on my accent. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ, Reese. Just learn a little bit of French just so, for the show, man. <laughs> so you literally, you cannot produce, you cannot produce. Um, like, so you were like, hey, I'm going to do a little cottage industry. I'm going to, I've got a one maple tree. I'm going to sell it. Like they control all of the the, the maple syrup production. Um, and it's essentially, they're quite powerful in in that sense, because it's obviously the world's largest output, so it's it's it's, it's kind of like a, uh, a club that you can produce. You've got to be in their club if you want to be a, a maple syrup producer in Quebec. doesn't apply to Nova Scotia and the other provinces. It's just wow. in Quebec. Okay. And a lot of people don't like it. There's people who are threatening to move their maple syrup production out of out of the province because they're looking to make maple syrup independently of that. So it's like a it's like a weird union. It kind of is. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, I, I don't know how to describe it, I guess, a conglomerate, a monopoly, I don't know what, what you would say, but essentially it, they, if you're, if you want to produce maple syrup, you need to be within their organization. Which means that they get a cut or whatever you make. Exactly, exactly. So, so in a few like tiny villages. Um, oh, it, this is kind of resonant of Monsanto a little bit. Like, this is gross. 
Except, except you want, you want to grow syrup. corn, you have to grow corn from our seeds, sort of thing. Yeah, except that none of the chemicals will make you, maple syrup doesn't make your children kind of turn out as frogs or anything. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that we know of. So, so in like a, a, a small like town, uh, forty kilometers south of Quebec, uh, there's a few different like small communities that have these uh, kind of warehouses that don't look like much, but inside there is the stash of maple syrup, and what in particular. Um, has has got like six point three million kilograms of maple syrup, um, and there's another one with one point four kilo, million kilograms, and um, these they're not even measuring by liters. It's just, it's just pure weight. weight. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. And and these these like little kind of warehouses are what make up the strategic reserve. Yeah. So uh, this question is for later, but I want to know who their fence was. The people who robbed the maple syrup, which I want to hear all about this high spot. Oh, we'll get to it. But like, how the fuck? Do you fence? I I can't even imagine how many fucking tons of maple syrup without getting caught. Well, you know? I'll get to it. So okay. so the reason it, the, the only reason it could, obviously there's a lot of security. That's yours, by the way. Oh, thank you. If you've got a if you've got a warehouse with barrels of that half-eaten piece of pizza, I didn't. I forgot it was mine. <laughs> you think you're thanking me for reminding? <laughs> Thanks for reminding. I'm not touching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so the reason was that. These these warehouses typically have very good security because of the value. So right. in twenty eleven there was a bumper year of production. So they had an additional sixteen thousand fifty uh, sixteen thousand drums of fifty four gallons each of maple syrup that they couldn't store in their normal warehouses. Holy shit. The strategic reserve was overflowing, it was a nightmare. Everyone was stuck to the floor. Oh, I don't know if you have this in your notes, but um, recently, as in the past few years at some point, um, there was a, a dip in the normal production of maple syrup in Canada, and so they actually had to go into the reserve in order to sell. <laughs> For like Imagine the that. first time ever. <laughs> red phone glows. <laughs> <laughs> Prime Minister, the phone. It's the phone. It's finally happening. <laughs> They've run out of maple syrup. Activate DEFCON 4. <laughs> Alert the strategic reserve. Like four jets go flying in the heart of Quebec. <laughs> they turn two keys at the same time. Yeah. Like to release a little the parachute reserve. box drops out of all four planes. Oh, like one of the four planes at the same time goes all the way down to the reserve. The president of the reserve comes running out, picks up the box, opens up the lid, and it just says, do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, so because of that, they, was, they, they needed to rent additional space in June 2021. And there was no, there was minimal security at the warehouse because it was a bit of a rush. They were like, "Shit, where are we going to put all this maple syrup?" Quick, rent some warehouses. There were no cameras or alarms. Um, would they just get a fucking like a a store a storage facility? Yeah, just a normal storage facility. You're kidding me? Yeah, you're joking. And the logic was with like a fucking padlock. <laughs> yeah, exactly with the barrels. So the warehouse they rented was partly owned by the wife of someone named Avic Caron. And um, Caron was one of the men directly involved in the heist. Um, I was just going to say, there's no way this wasn't an inside job. No, so you got a hot tip. Oh, this, this warehouse my wife part owns is, is a shit ton of maple syrup just turned up. There's no security. Right. I would have gone in and, and moved all the maple syrup to another storage facility after doing it in the first place and then put cameras recording as soon as the door opens in the first one to catch whoever is coming to steal it. I would have just gone there with some waffles. Um, so, so, so he needed access to the warehouse. 
so what they what they realized was that they could um rent out space in the warehouse so they weren't the only people renting it so if they had obviously it's a fucking warehouse (laughs) so so they'd have access to the warehouse to avoid any suspicion about coming and going so they decided to do that and and, i'm sorry maybe i misunderstood you say this again so the thieves realized that these that the strategic uh into the international strategic reserve of maple syrup was being stored there and it was minimal security. Weren't they part of the? No, they weren't. They just heard they 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 were the wife of the his wife part owned the warehouse, and he heard that they, the maple syrup was being stored there. Oh, it wasn't people from the reserve. No, no, no. I thought it was going to be an inside job for sure. No, no, it wasn't. someone had it was heard, inside someone job. Had to hear it was about an inside it. job at the warehouse. Oh, so the people, so friends of the wife of the owner of the warehouse, or the wife of the owner. The wife, the, the no, the wife was the, the wife was the part owner. And her husband was the ring le- was one of the ringleaders. Okay, all right, gotcha. So, so um, he the ring like um, Avic knew somebody called Richard uh, Valier, and Richard was uh, known as a barrel roller. So, someone who um, who buys and sells maple syrup direct from Quebec producers and kind of illegally bypasses the federation, so that they he basically was involved in the syrup maple syrup black market, which is a real thing. That's amazing. Um, which, which I'm assuming, <clears throat> ironically, was created because of this fucking, what's it called? It's not a union, but you mentioned it before. Uh, like a, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it is like a union of producers that teamed up. But the thing what's is, it, what's it called again? Um, it's the, the acronym is the, uh, the FPAQ. That's the French acronym. Uh, I am riveted by this entire story. I love thievery stories, uh, but we're going to take a little break to hear speak pipes. Hi guys, Rob Williams, Vancouver, BC, former child, but now an adult, although I do volunteer dressing up like Star Wars, stormtroopers, and aliens, so that's still in question. But I just want to say congratulations on 250 episodes. I've been binging you guys for the last month and I've got me hooked. So I really appreciate it, especially when you take me away from the boring, it is boring news, scary news of today. And it's just nice to hear you guys just chat like friends. And I really appreciate that. So all the best and take care. All right. So I love Canadian politics. It's boring. I'm a long-time listener, first-time speak piper. We're going to go with speak piper. So I listen with my ear holes because that's the only way to listen to stuff. Listening to your mouth hole or your eye holes just feels uncomfortable. So I listen with my ear holes. And why I listen, it's very quite simple. The STD zone is amazing. If I'm going to get my STD from anybody, it's from Reese and Jesse. Jesse's ASMR and Adventures into Dieting. Wonderful wonderful dialogue i love knowing about jesse's internal workings the funny ass banter back and forth for like 90 percent of the episode where you two just rip off each other absolutely amazing and then the two minutes of actual topic relevant to whatever the episode is that reese tries to jam in there because he did 10 minutes of research while reading a wikipedia page is also amazing like the whole thing just works all right, and a couple of things. Jesse, I am with you. I shove all of my money into dead moose carcasses. It's the only way I save my money. It's the only way to save money. So good on you. Don't stop at that. Uh, 
Hello, Canadian Politics is Boring. This is Andrea, one of your loyal listeners from Ontario. I saw that you asked in honor of your milestone 250th episode. You wanted to know why people listen to your podcast and how they listen to your podcast. Well, for me at least, it's obvious why has been since the beginning and always will be for the quality Jason Kenny erotica. How I listen to it, the only way I think you're legally allowed to listen to a podcast in Canada, and that's sitting in a hot vat of maple syrup. Thank you. Congratulations, Jesse and Reese, on reaching 250 episodes. Congratulations to us for listening to 250 episodes. I've been listening since the very beginning, the tidbits of information that I usually find interesting. I do also listen to hear if Jesse is going to have those gasping laughs whereby he stops breathing and can't talk. And I also like to listen to Reese with his low chuckle rumble that seems to come from the depths of his soul. Bye guys, congratulations again. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, so now they had, there's the maple syrup. So this, this organization that says, if you're going to make maple syrup, you have to do it through us and you have to pay us. Yeah. Ironically. It's created a black market. Created a black market that incentivized thieves. <laughs> this is, all right. So, so, cause he's been involved in the black market for 10 years, this Richard guy. So Richard was like, Hey, I'm the distribution man. And then Avic was like, Hey. Um, I know that we, I can get access to this maple syrup. I can get it to you. You can sell it on the black market. We'll make a ton of money. And it's it's like in, have you watched Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. It's like when uh, Walter White's trying to be a dealer or he's making this amazing drug. He's got no distribution network. And then he finds the, the people who have the distribution network and partners with them and sells direct to them. So he doesn't have to have drug dealers on any street, every street corner. It's like that kind of moment. Okay. Uh, I guess. I imagine they'll probably copy that for the Netflix show. Um. Anyway, so the thieves... Um, Are they turning this into a Netflix show? This story, yeah. Are they really? That's what I said. I wanted to do... Oh, the, shit, you're right. You did they, say that, they too. Call, they call it, They're calling it sticky, I, but our episode... I've, I've got to move myself so that the camera can see me. My lovely mug. Um, 
the the oh, I want to be a part of this show. Netflix have decided to call it Sticky, but I I thought a better title was Brown Gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so so the thieves rented out their own warehouse space um in there and then they also um so what happened was they got a truck driver and they would take a few maple syrup barrels barrels away at the time to a separate location where they had their own barrels they would tip the maple syrup into their own syrup barrels and then replace the barrels with water and put them back exactly back where they found them wow so the barrels were just there for as long as possible so it was a long-term scheme but clearly okay why not just do it all in one night just take it and like they're gonna know some. Because gonna because they, everyone's gonna be looking for thousands of gallons of um. Everyone's gonna be looking for like thousands of barrels of maple syrup. It was thousands of barrels. That's how big the storage facility was. Yeah. So that, it wasn't just one of these tiny little storage facilities that people rent out. We're talking like like it, a warehouse. Yeah, like a full warehouse. Not like it's not like U-Haul. Oh, that's what I was picturing. I'm like, no, that no, no. seems really insecure. No, no, it was a large like warehouse facility. Because they had so many of these barrels. How did they get access then? I explained to you they rented space in the same warehouse so they could get in. Oh, it's a like a communal fucking warehouse. It's just a, it's just a storage you rent square foot as a storage in the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it was so. Been, so actually, was no security. U, so like a U-Haul storage would actually have better security. Better security. <laughs> exactly. They just filled all the storage like little things with. It would have been better. And they got, they got cameras too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so there's no cameras in this fucking warehouse. No, no, exactly. So um, There's no cameras in this warehouse. No, there were no cameras. But they don't normally store it there. They just ran out of space. <laughs> so it was it was okay. a rushed job. So what happened? They then? ran out of space that much with thousands of barrels. That's amazing. It was just lots of maple syrup. So right. over several months in 2011 and uh, 2012, nearly 3,000 tons of maple syrup valued at $18.7 million were siphoned off by the by the crew amazing without anybody noticing unbelievable so um so now my big question is how are we hearing about this well so <laughs> well they actually got caught by a guard and the guard was successfully bribed to stay quiet fucking a fucking a yeah. right on was, you're not getting paid there's a thousand dollars cash and a bottle of syrup i mean i'd take it i, I would too I'd, have you ever bribed anyone in your life if i have ever bribed anyone no, I've never been in a situation where I felt I needed to bribe anyone. I have. Who did you bribe? It was a was shitty... it Justin Trudeau. Uh, no, I no, I didn't bribe someone. I'm sorry. No, I got that wrong. I was bribed. Have you ever been bribed? No. Okay, so I have. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Maybe by my children with affection. This was a and shitty and... bribe, by the way. Looking back at it, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. Really? So, uh... I'm going to try to avoid names here because I don't want to piss anybody off. But I was I was volunteering at a I was a, I was a, like in my early 20s and I was volunteering at a film festival. OK, and um, just basically doing, you know, basic work for for tickets and stuff. You know, you don't get paid for it, but you get bonuses and stuff like that. And I'm taking down some posters and this one poster, um, which, again, I won't remain. I won't name the title, but the title had like uh, the name of a kid in it. Right. Like, like, you know, like Tommy or something like okay. or Billy, you know, something that you wouldn't picture would be an adult's name sort of thing. Right? Billy Elliot was the film Billy Elliot. It was not Billy Elliot. No. Okay. Um, and so I'm taking the poster down and this this guy, this this man 
comes up to me and I'm upstairs taking this poster down and there's nobody else around, right? It's just me on a ladder uh, opening up the, the, the poster door and trying to take it out. And he's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Look at that poster. That's got the exact same name as my nephew and it's his birthday like tomorrow and I don't know what to get him. Is there any way that I could... Uh, that I could get that poster. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I, I literally just volunteer here. I don't have the authority to do that. He's like, oh man, really? Is there like, is there no way? Is there like nothing we can do? And I, I'm young and I think this would be funny. So I just kind of look around and there's nobody around. And I turn to him and I just kind of do that thing with your fingers. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah. well, you know, if it just kind of like make a money, money symbol with your fingers sort of thing. And he's like, oh, Right, and he's like, his eyes get all wide, and he's excited. He's like, don't move. I'll be right back. And he sprints. He sprints out of the movie theater. And I'm taking the poster out thinking, you know, big money, here I come. <laughs> right. It's like a $5 Tim Hortons voucher. This is $10. He gave me a $10 fucking bill. <laughs> Couldn't even go 20 I don't think okay. that was... He comes over, and he's so excited. He's I snapping. See... He's literally proudly marching towards me, snapping this crisp... $10 bill in my, and by this point I had already, like, what am I going to say? That's not enough. I, you know, I, I'm the one who kind of encouraged this behavior. So I just yeah. took it and gave him the poster. I, see, if it was me, I would just <laughs> would have given it for free. Yeah, but I wanted I think, to be, I think you got yourself, if you got caught, you would be in more trouble selling the property of I mean, the festival rather than just go, ah, oh, fuck it, you can have it. I mean, I mean, I guess. I used yeah. to work in a, in, in a cinema in the UK. And but then I wouldn't the, have this cool story, Reese. I don't. Suppose, I, don't <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were in like you're in some kind of administration position in in a country where uh, which is rife with corruption, and you were like the governor, and they were like, "Hey, can we can we pump oil out of the ground over there?" And you were like, "No, we don't have the uh, the you know the." You don't have the, I don't have the right license for you to do it, and none of this paperwork matches up. And they gave you a suitcase of money. That would be a bribe. That'd be a bribe. Ten dollars for a poster that was going to get. Thrown. I know, and I had to ask for the bribe, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this was. I think. <laughs> Still, it's the only time I've ever been bribed. Even though I asked for the bribe, it's the only time I'm going to take it, and I think it's a fun story. So there, go fuck yourself. That's fine. Tell me the rest. Of the I story. was giving it for free. Yeah, I know because when I used to work in the cinema, he, he says get... he says this, ladies and gentlemen. But we had three pieces of pizza left, and I offered them to the employees outside, and he's like, "No, fuck you, no, no." They don't I work hard pizza. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <joking>, they do. <laughs> it's a small, it's a small pizza, and I'm hungry. So <laughs> you got another? Oh, you ate it. It's okay. all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> anyway. That was a medium so, pizza, believe it or not. That's so, so it ran smoothly until July 2012 when an FBAQ inspector that was at the warehouse uh, conducted... So a hold up. Sorry, just to back up. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the guard, took a I'm bribe. assuming, took a bribe but kept coming back to work. Stayed quiet. Stayed quiet at work, seeing them. So now they, now they didn't have to be as quiet. Now they've got someone on the inside who they've already paid. Yeah. And they, they don't have to sneak around as much. They can yeah. just kind of do their thing. Exactly. Okay, Look, cool. a UFO. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, that's so, the first thing I would say when trying to distract someone, yeah. Um, so the FPAQ inspector was at the warehouse conducting an annual inventory check, which involved climbing over some of the stacks of barrels. And each of those barrels weighs 600 pounds when it's filled. Jesus. So what had how happened... Did they get, how did the thieves get them out? Well, I guess with, like, machines. Like They'd roll them. Forklift trucks or roll oh, them. Oh, wow, out. yeah. Um, or an elephant. Um, so, one of those Quebec elephants. Very familiar. Quebec elephant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, 
Thanks. Thanks, Reese. No problem. <laughs> um, so they, um, <laughs> so obviously this has been going well for years, eight, over 18 million years. It's been going well since between, um, well, since 2011 to 2012. So maybe like over a year. So, okay. So this is, I want to interject with, by saying there's, when I was younger, I, I loved the, I, I, I still love the idea of thievery. It's just not something I'm, I would ever do. I love the idea. I love the idea of smart thievery. Smart. Oh, like a gentleman thief who does it with a a little smile. Yes. But like, it's more about the, it's more about getting away with it. It's more about the con itself. It's more about the details involved in how do we get away with this than it is the money or what you're with. And who you rob. If you rob some kind of idiot. Oh my God. Of course. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's of course. Yeah. So like, I love stories like this. It's fascinating to me. And there's, it's from all the books that I've read and, and movies I've watched, et cetera. There's, there's essentially a rule of thumb, which is uh, you can, if you're smart enough and you've got a good plan, you can get away with any crime once. Maybe not murder, but like, then again, maybe like we only, we don't know. We only see television shows. I and did. Movies, right. <laughs> <laughs> we see television shows and movies about how no one gets away with murder, but like, I'm guessing that actually people do get away with murder. And the like, wrong people often get convicted of murder. Right. But like, I'm, the, I'm talking like, if you're going to rob a bank as an example, okay, the way you're caught is through your um, patterns, yeah, the FBI who or CSIS in our case would be looking for patterns of like how do they rob banks, where do they rob banks next, what do they do with their money, et cetera, et cetera, so that they can come and catch you next time. If you want to rob a bank once, almost guaranteed you'll get away with it as long as you never do it again. Yeah, right. So the fact that these guys just got greedy and just kept going for years, it was inevitable that they well, get that, caught, and that was it. They got Kalos. Yes. So yeah. The the, the inspector. Two years is insane. Well, I think it was over a year at least. But okay, but still. So, but the the um the inspector basically knocked over some of these giant barrels that were supposed to be full. They'd forgotten to refill them, or they hadn't bothered. Oh, so had they just kept with the plan? If they'd filled it with water, like the original plan, they might not have been caught, um, or they wouldn't have been caught for a lot longer. So what happened was he tripped over, knocked a bunch of barrels over, and was like, "These are supposed to be full of syrup." rang alarm bells because they thought, you know, someone's stealing right. syrup from you. So the police launched an investigation immediately. They recovered hundreds of barrels of syrup from uh, uh, Ked, uh, Kedgwick in New Brunswick. So they've been running... Well, how'd, running they, around, how'd they catch them? I, you can't I'm, just make jump from the, the investigated and caught them. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Like, <laughs> no, no. But, <laughs> That's half the so, fun, man. How'd so, they get caught? So they basically were started raiding and looking at... Um, uh, syrup exporters that you know that this black market exists so they're probably aware of pe- known suspects and we need to shake down the usual suspects like let's start with the guard yeah, yeah. Start with kevin spacey <laughs> the, you know. no the guard of the warehouse let's exactly. start with him exactly. <laughs> so a lot of it had made his way to the to the um illegal syrup market which meant it was almost impossible to be traced or recovered most of it had ended up on pancakes and that was hard to get back <laughs> apparently not impossible <laughs> Okay. So because of that, the thieves still see it as a success because they, because from their point of view, they didn't like the FPAQ and they perceived the maple syrup producing organization. And they'd already made millions of dollars. Yeah. So 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 Raymond Valier, who was one of the one of the um, kind of people, the criminals caught, basically said stealing from thieves is not stealing. That was his attitude. They didn't oh, feel like, like they were stealing. I'm with him. I'm with him. I like this guy. So some people, one buddy, clearly got caught. So I'm curious what happened. Well, uh, Richard Valier's got, um, 
he was uh, accused of ringleader. He got eight years in prison plus uh, four points. No, no, how did he get caught, man? Well, because they, they skip cause... that shit. <laughs> I don't know. They caught the police investigation. Caught them all. Oh man, what are you doing to me? That's all. That's all that was. That's um, bull. That yeah. there's more info. So, but you got you got eight years and a nine point four million dollar fine with an extension to fourteen years if he didn't pay the fine. So obviously they couldn't find the money either. And and he sold it for eighteen million dollars, or I guess the, the, a lot yeah, of them did. Yeah, uh, but then a Quebec court lowered the fine to one million dollars, uh, and then the Supreme Court reversed that decision and reinstated the original fine of nine point four million dollars. Would you would you have would you keep nine point four million dollars, or would you or would you now spend, here's my would you spend four years in prison for that money? Okay, first off, my question is so. Why did they lower to one million? Was it like we'll lower your fine to one million if you tell us where all the no, money is? No, he appealed is? it in court, saying pe- that fine was excessive. Okay, so and then the Supreme Court said no, it's fine. Out of curiosity, now I don't know Canadian law this well, and I'm assuming, as a new immigrant, you as well do not know the Canadian law system this well. But had um, he appealed the the fine in court, and the, the the new judge was like, "You're right." I'll lower it to a million dollar fine. And then he just paid the fine then and there. Here you go. Here's a million dollars. Done. You still Could it be appealed by the, whoever you said it once again and increased? Uh, well, I, like, or like, is it done? It's done. The way I read that is that they couldn't find his money. Right. He'd, he'd put the money somewhere safe, like a bank account somewhere they couldn't touch. Or some maple syrup so they like, barrels. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they were like, we're going to put you in prison for nine years. And if you don't retrieve that money and pay the fine, Mm-hmm. You can do an extra four years. So that was the deal. Um, but then they reduced it. And then it got pushed back up again. One court of... The the, the Quebec Court of Appeal... My question... Yeah, my question is, would it have been pushed up if he had paid the $1 million fine right away? Uh, do you see what I'm saying? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. No? They probably would have tried it anyway and going, you've got a million dollar discount now. So what was your question for me? If I had $18 million hidden away somewhere... Uh, if you had if a $9.4 million fine to pay... Yeah, or four years in prison, or four years. Yeah, so it was one or the other. So you either you paid the nine point four million dollars, or you spent four years in prison. Uh, so how many people am I in on this with? It's just you. It was your money. No, no. How many people did I go in on this with? Well, there was a bunch of people. But all I'm saying is, is that you, so if, they're like, hey, Jeff, you've got nine point four million dollars in a hidden bank account. No okay, one so so I went in on this with. Uh, well, this is important. I'll answer your question. How many people, how many were partnered, were, were I partnered with? So there's also Raymond who was uh, convicted of possession and sentenced to two, sentenced to two years in jail. Um, and a fine? Etienne Saint-Pierre. Did they have fines? Uh, no, he didn't have a fine. Etienne Saint-Pierre, a New Brunswick-based syrup reseller, was sentenced to two years and a $840,000 fine. Avic Caron, who uh, whose whose uh, wife owned the warehouse, was sentenced to five years plus a one point two million dollar fine. And Sebastian Dutras, the truck driver, uh, served eight months in prison. So what I would do is, I would during the appeal. Well, they did appeal it. He got it down to a million dollars. Yeah, and then it went back up again. And then went back up again. The FPAQ appealed again. Right. Because don't forget, they got a lot of money. So why did he get nine years and everybody else got varying degrees? I think because he was uh, the He was the ring he was leader. The person, he yeah. was the ring leader. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, hmm. Uh, but he'd be serving 13 years of prison. 14. 14. Yeah. You said it was nine years. But, but without, having, without paying the fine. So all he had to do was pay the fine and then he'd have what? Nine years. Nine years instead of 13. 
Instead of 14. Instead of 14. Why do I yeah. keep saying 13? <laughs> well, you said nine. I said four wasn't... years. I might add it up wrong. For yeah, five yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, would you spend half a decade in prison or lose that money? Hmm. Not half a decade. Nine years is almost a decade. No, I mean the five years. And then on top really, of it, we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? If I'm spending nine years anyway... Right. What's the, what's the extra five? What's the extra five? Seriously, I'm already I'm already in prison. I'm not. By the time you get to today. nine years, you probably love it. And right. You want that Exa- bonus five exactly. Years. And by the time I get out, I, I want money waiting. I'm for just me. hitting my stride. Exactly. The golden right? the golden five years are ahead of me. Yeah. Do I want do I want to suffer through nine years of prison and come out with no money on the other end, or suffer through fourteen years of prison and and have all and bunch then, of money? I mean, go and get my money. Yeah. Exactly. I'll do that. I'll, 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 <laughs> now the other thing is like. I've got 18.5 million, I think you said it was what But that was split between all of them. And the nine was mine because I'm the ringleader? I think so. So it was like, I get 50% and the rest of you fucks get split I don't know. Split that was just a fine. Okay. I don't know. All right. I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, fuck them. I'll, I'll so, do my time. Yeah. <laughs> so adjusted for inflation, it was the height. The heist was the most valuable in Canadian history. And, and I will write a book while inside prison exactly. and then sell it. To Netflix. <laughs> For nine, for, for another, for another, <laughs> another nine, nine million, million yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the thing I did learn about this, the thing I took away is, did you know? Did you know that you? I, I actually don't know if this is in Canada or the states or both, but you cannot. Uh, I learned this recently, and so I don't know if this is true or not because it was told to me by a friend. Right. Uh, you are not allowed making a profit off of things that you do in prison. No, you're not. No. You say that as if it's common knowledge. I didn't know this. Well, yeah. Like I couldn't, if I was in prison for, for the, if I was the ringleader in prison, I couldn't write a book about my exploits and then sell it and make a profit. While, while in prison, you couldn't. You do it after. Could you do it after? Yeah. Yeah? Could you, you couldn't, no, but could you write the book while you're in prison and then when you get out, you publish it? A lot of people write memoirs about when they were in prison and sell them as a book. No, but could you write it while you're in prison? I don't see why not. What are they going to say? Oh, you could just make notes? I was yeah. gonna say no. You made those notes. It doesn't apply. Yeah, I, I think. I, guess I don't think true. you could yeah, do yeah, it while yeah. you're while you're kind of under the under the control of the prison system. You probably right. can't. You're only allowed to print license plates. But <laughs> while you're, um, you know, once you get out from there, then I think you can. I wonder yeah. if you have access to the net. But the one thing I learned from this is mm-hmm. that um, that there's a job in Quebec where you take you taste every single barrel for a, an independent team of maple syrup tasters what? to approve quality. And some people get to taste, what? they taste the sugar can, content and flavor of a, to, to 250 barrels a day. They just take a nip. What? So. Oh my God. I have a new, like, I have a new purpose in life. All of the, like, their life expectancies. How do I get this job, Reese? <laughs> your life expectancy. Oh my. It's terrible. <laughs> You're famous for having no teeth. I just want. <laughs> I, want I don't care. I You're trying drink. to make this sound less appealing yeah. to me. You're not doing a good job. <laughs> I'm taking this job. I'm doing this. Oh my God! So uh, now we've. Finished. I may be. I may be moving to Quebec. Uh, really? And, yeah. And you so know, I, I can teach you French if you want. You know. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. I was just going to say you know French, and then I, like, halfway through the sentence, I Ooh-y, realized who I, I was do. talking to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you bring that back, please? Oh yeah, place to dump the icing fill. Don't do. Ah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll get this one. I'm fine. Here we go. I'm gonna cut the cake. Sucking the icing off the candles. Here we go. Can we suck see in, it? We can't. Suck in the icing. There we go. Right and right the, so the camera can see it. Cut say who your girlfriend is if you get icing on the knife. What? You have to say who your girlfriend is if you get icing on the knife. Is that not... Have you never heard of that? Say to your girlfriend. Have you never Have you never heard that? What phrase? You have to say the name of your girlfriend if you get icing on your knife when cutting a cake. Have you never heard this? This must be a Canadian thing. 
I don't get it. It's like for little kids, right? Any little kid's birthday party, right? I don't have a girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> right? I so, don't even have poop. So it makes it more fun when you say to an adult who's married, you know, because then they're like, my girlfriend's name is Michelle. I'm so sorry. I love you, my wife. You know, like. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. So there's an implication of infidelity. There you go. Oh, Canadian humor. <laughs> happy birthday. You know, let's imply infidelity. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Do it by a microphone. Oh, it's not birthday. Happy two. Happy 250. Nom, nom, nom. Right, right, well, Birthday's coming next month. Are we doing a cake again next month? No. <laughs> right, so, um, so this has been our 250 episode. Thanks, everyone. And mm. interspersed in this episode, you hear the speak pipes of people sending us well wishes. Uh, dear listener, thank you so much for sticking around for 250 episodes. If you are new, then this is the kind of crazy stuff that we do here on the show. If you are old, as in an old dear friend of the show, not an old fuck, um, or you can also be an old fuck. That's fine too. We love old fucks. We love old fucks. Yeah, that's right. Um, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Uh, the show is what it is because of people like you. Um, and uh, yeah, we love each and every one of you. So that's that's it for for today. Thanks for sticking us in your ear holes all snug in there, just the way you like it. Yeah. Reese, that was a great show. That was a great episode, man. I love thief thief stuff. I do. I really do. I think it's great. I, we should do that. We should do a t- picture TV show where we learn to be thieves and we try and rob someone. I would do that show. Yeah, in a heartbeat, like right now. Sounds really illegal, but. Be- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. And I think she may want to withdraw it. The word was F A R T. What did you? What were you thinking? When you moved your lips. What is the nature of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say fuddle duddle or something like that? Just quieting down, baby. Per capita export value. Library! Prime Minister, are you embarrassed by your behavior today? There's a lot of bleeding hearts around. Do you have the fortitude or the gonads to stand up and come across here and say that to me, you son of a bitch? Just watch me. He certainly went too far, Mr. Speaker, when he st- I saw him stick his tongue out. Contemptuous disregard. More than a slab of bacon talking here. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. 